gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. My Two Cents Podcast, episode 35, which is entitled Power. Now, before I get into my topics for this week, I'm going to list off the National Food Days of the week. For today, August 15th, today is Lemon Meringue Pie Day. Tomorrow, August 16th, Rum Day and Bratwurst Day. August 17th, Vanilla Custard Day. August 18th, Ice Cream Pie Day. August 19th, Soft Serve Ice Cream Day and also Hot and Spicy Food Day. August 20th, Bacon Lovers Day and also Chocolate Pecan Pie Day and August 21st, Sweet Tea Day. Now, before anything else, you know why you're here. You know what I'm going to cover. If you don't know what I'm covering, I'm going to be covering Andrew Cuomo's resignation from his position as the New York City governor. And before I get into my opinions on the whole Andrew Cuomo's resignation and everything else, and even coming down to his brother Chris Cuomo's and his job on CNN, I want to play you some video, well, audio clips of the CBS interview that they had with one of the accusers from out of the 11 of the accusers of sexual misconduct by governor or former governor Andrew Cuomo. Now the first audio clip I'm going to be playing is of the accuser talking to the CBS interviewer and she's going to be talking about the two groping incidents that she experienced or alleged experienced with Andrew Cuomo. And without further ado, here's the first audio clip. She says Governor Cuomo groped her twice, the first time on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2019, at the governor's mansion. I had to go over to the mansion to help the governor with a state of the state speech. I wasn't there late. I did my final edit, and while I was upstairs in the office, the governor said, why don't we take a selfie? So his suggestion, you yes. say? With I, your phone? With my phone. I then felt while taking the selfie his hand go down my back onto my butt and he started rubbing it not sliding it not you know quickly brushing over it rubbing my butt and did you ask him what are you doing well this was while i was taking the selfie i became so nervous that my hands were clearly shaking and a lot of the photos that i was snapping were completely blurry. I showed him them and he said, oh, you know, those aren't, you know, those aren't good. And he said, why don't we go sit on the couch and we can take a better one. So you sat on the couch? Um, I sat on the couch because I thought to myself, okay, I don't think on the couch that he would have a way to just do what he just did. So I felt safer actually on the couch. And in the photo, you know, I have my arm wrapped around his shoulder, mm -hmm. you know, almost as if, you know, we were taking a picture with a buddy. Mm -hmm. And that is the one that has been blurred out, that has been now released to the public. The governor has denied that he put his hand on Camisso's bottom during the selfie. Camisso alleges that the governor groped her a second time at the governor's mansion in November of 2020. So he gets up and he goes to give me a hug. And I could tell immediately when he hugged me, it was in a probably the most sexually aggressive manner than any of the other hugs that he had given me. 
um, it was then that I said, you know, uh, Governor, you know, my words were, you're going to get us in trouble. And I thought to myself, that probably wasn't the best thing to say, but at that time, I was so afraid that one of the mansion staff, that they were going to come up and see this and think, oh, you know, is that what she comes here for? And that's not what I came there for, and that's not who I am. And I was terrified of that. And when I said that, he walked over, shut the door, so hard to the point where I thought, for sure, someone downstairs must think, they must think if they heard that, what is going on, came back to me, and that's when he put his hand up my blouse and cupped my breast over my bra. I exactly remember looking down, seeing his hand, which is a large hand, thinking to myself, oh my God, this is happening. It happened so quick. He didn't say anything. When I stopped it, he just pulled away and walked away. Now, before I get into my opinion about what she just said in that audio clip, I want to play you the second audio clip that I do have. And it's of her explaining why she didn't say anything or why she decided to come out and say something now. And without further ado, here's the second audio clip. For more than three months, she says she didn't tell anyone until she watched Governor Cuomo's press conference on March 3rd. But this is what I want you to know. And I want you to know this from me directly. He almost has this smirk that he thinks that he's untouchable. That was the tipping point. I broke down. You know, I said, he's lying. I felt like he was personally saying it to me. I never touched anyone inappropriately. Yes, you did. Yes, you have. And not only yes, but one of them is me. And that's when I, I broke down. I told my coworkers a little bit. And there were two people you told this to at the time? Yes. Why did you file that criminal complaint with the sheriff's office? Because it was the right thing to do. The governor needs to be held accountable. Being held accountable to you mm -hmm. means seeing the governor charged with a crime. What he did to me was a crime. He broke the law. Camiso says she's thankful to the other accusers for giving her the strength to come forward. There was a time when it, between my personal life and this, it was too much. People don't understand. You know, it's the governor of the state of New York. He is a professional fighter. And I think people should know that it hasn't been easy. And I apologize that I haven't come forward sooner. Now that you've heard both of those audio clips, let me just start off with this. Thank you to CBS for conducting that interview. And let me just say, CBS was banging this week. CBS did this interview and they did another interview about Chris Andrew, which I will be talking about later in the broadcast. But let me handle this Andrew stuff first. I want to start off with, I want all the women that have been sexually abused or even abused in any manner by anybody to understand that I personally feel sorry for your experiences with anybody. It could be man, it could be a female, it could be a mother, father, it could be a person in a high power position, it could be in a person that doesn't have that much power position, but in your mind, you felt weak to them. I just want to start off with that first before people really relegate and about to 
say that I'm going to say something completely wrong. I just want to start with that first because I do not ever want nobody in this lifetime to feel any type of way. I want people to feel respected and I want people to feel loved and I want people to understand that you can walk away from anything. And don't think you have to hold a job because you're getting paid and then you just have to deal with crap. You think you have to literally deal with crap. You have to eat it and deal with it. No, you don't. You can walk away from that job and get another one. Yes, the pay might be different, but you will have your dignity and you won't be having to deal with a crappy person. So let me start off with this. Anybody that has ever dealt with any type of sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, any type of abuse, I feel sorry for you. And I do not ever want any of my comments that I'm about to say to ever feel that I am attacking people that have been assaulted in any way. Now, let me start off with that. Now that I've started off with that, let me get into the first audio clip that I played for you talking about her groping uh, incidences. The first groping incidents that you heard is that she talked about how her and Cuomo were taking a photo and he started to move his hand down to her butt and it wasn't like a swiping movement. No, he slowly moved his hand down to her butt and started rubbing on her butt and she was taking the photo and she took mad photos and it, none of them came to, none of them were right and she showed him the photo and he said, no, those are, those weren't due and let's take a photo on the couch. And they took a photo on the couch, and then that was it. Red strike number one. I believe whenever you have a boss, your boss should never ever want to take a photo with you, ever. I mean, again, this is a high power position, as in the governor. The governor is like one more step before, like I believe, like going off to Washington, I believe. But yet again, I don't pay attention to politics, so don't take my word for that. But the governor of any state is a high position, so she was in. A situation that she could take a photo with her boss, a boss that she more likely respects. She worked for him. So, I mean, you have to at least some way respect your boss if at least you're working for him, especially if they're the governor of New York. So she takes a photo with him. She thinks it's going to be just a regular photo, but he rubs her butt. That should have been a big red flag to, yo, you need to get out of this job or tell HR, tell somebody about this because... You don't allow somebody to rub your butt at all. I don't think I can just walk up to a woman, say, hey, let's take a photo and just start rubbing on her butt. Me as a casual, no level, just a regular person, you can't do that to nobody. I know that for a fact. If I were to walk up to a woman and say, hey, I find you pretty. Can I take a photo with you? And I take a photo with her and I move my hand down to her butt and start rubbing it. I think I will get a slap across the face personally. I think that no woman is going to just stand there and just take that photo with me as I'm rubbing her butt. I don't think that's happening at all. But then again, I just said that I'm a regular average Joe. Cuomo is a high-powered man. So with power comes some type of mystique and aura around them, around that position. Anybody in a high position of power has a mystique of aura of women might find them attractive. And I'm not saying that she did. I'm just playing the hypothetical role. Maybe she probably found him attractive around that point. And he rubbed on her butt. And he probably did this to other aides that he that worked with him. So he probably thought, okay, I can do that and get away with it, and yada, yada, yada. I'm just covering all bases here. So don't take what I say as an offense to anybody. So he did this to her, right? She 
has no problem with it because if she did, I believe that she would have straight up said, hey, yo, I'm out of here. There's no way I'm working for this guy. I'm done. But she continued to work for him, right? That's the first groping incident. The second groping incident was at the governor's mansion. And she talked about how this hug that he give, that he usually gives to his workers, the hugs are usually like a regular normal style hug. But this one that he decided to give her at the governor's mansion wasn't a regular style hug. No, it was a sexually uh, ensued and enforced style hug that she had to say to him that you're going to get us in trouble. Now, anybody with any common sense would say, yo, get off of me or something like that. You would not just be like, oh, yeah, you're going to take this sexually induced hug, at least for me and the women that I have been around. All the women that I have been around are strong, powered women. I'm not saying that this woman was weak. I'm yet again have to paraphrase this and put a lot of caution around to what I'm saying here because I want to be really delicate with this issue because this is a really delicate issue here but I'm going to give people what I personally think about it. You cannot be around somebody like that. If somebody tries to, one, grow, your, rub your butt the first time and you be around them, you call that a strike one, or at least you give that two strikes already. And then the second time, they give you a hug, and this time it's a you feel that it was sexually based, like you feel some type of sexual uh, innuendo from that other person. You got to get out of there. You got to get out of there. You don't tell them, you're going to get us in trouble. No, you say, get off of me, and you say it loudly. And whenever somebody says, get off of me loudly, that person that's giving that hug to that person, they will get off of them, and they'll feel, they'll have a stunned look on their face like, I can't believe either A, I can't believe she just told me to get off of her, or either B, what did I do? Those are the only two type of instances and faces that you are going to get and type of reaction you're going to get from somebody. Or either three, if they're a complete psychomaniac, they're not going to get off, and they're just going to squeeze you tighter. But I don't think well, Cuomo had that type of energy on him just looking at the man. He looks like a stunned face type of guy that'll say, I don't know what I did or I can't believe she got off that she didn't want me. But getting to the point, she tells him you're going to get us in trouble. And then to her story, he gets off of her, goes to the door, shuts it hard, runs back to her and automatically puts his hands up her blouse to feel on her breast. That is a straight up nut. Do you not understand that? This man shut the door, looked right back at her, walked up to her without saying a word, put his hand up her blouse and felt on her breast. She didn't slap him. She didn't do nothing to him. Nothing. That is weird. Come on now. Come on. Now, I'm going to ask some of my students, well, some of my peers, because when I go back to college this Wednesday, I'm going to ask them a couple questions about this. I'm going to ask them how do they feel. And I want to get... I want to gauge the audience. I want to gauge the room about it. And I will more than likely come back to you guys next week with the answers of what they would tell me what they would do in that instance. But getting to what I feel, I think that this was a, I'll give this a incident that went wrong. I'll give this a mm, she, test out feeling. I'm not even going to say Monica Lewinsky because Monica gave Clinton fellatio. I think that this was her being attracted by power. Her being attracted by a man that has this aura around him that's in this high-seated, well, position. Cuomo was the governor of New York, and apparently New York is the biggest state of America. No questions about it. And for you to be the governor of New York, I would think that's a great honor for anybody. But that's just political gain. 
Think about it just to say it. I'm the governor of New York, or I'm the governor of California. I'm the governor of Texas. I mean, to a regular person, that is, that's up there. Like, yo, he's really up there. But then again, that's, I don't care about none of that. That's just me. So the power title, the title of governor brings around some type of power. And women find power attractive. I don't care what women say. I don't care how they feel about it. Women love power. And if you think I'm lying, think of all the women that dated a bad boy back in whenever they were growing up, or they're still probably dating bad boys now. Either they were the guys that were the bullies or the guys that were selling uh, narcotics or the guys that were owning uh, restaurants that treated their employees like garbage and they knew about it, or even people that were doing uh, mischievous crimes as in mob bosses or whatever the case, Yakuza bosses, whatever. Women love bad boys. Just like dudes love a little bit of women that have a little bit of crazy in them. That's a straight known fact. Dudes love women that have a little bit of crazy because they can sense whenever danger is around and they love it. It's just that endorphin that everybody has. Whenever they can get that little bit of nuts out of somebody, it's completely attractive in a nutty type of way, but it's true. But here's what I'm getting at here. I believe this was just a thing that went wrong. I believe that if he did put her hand up her blouse and touched her breast, I believe that she should have slapped him if she didn't want it. And I'm not trying to say that she wanted it. I'm just saying she didn't mention in that interview that she slapped him. She didn't mention that she yelled. She didn't mention nothing. She just said he put his hand up my blouse and touched my breast. And that's it. I mean, you can't just stop it. That's it. You have to say what happened after the fact. What did you do? Yada, 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 such and such. Nothing. So... In my head, as a regular civilian, if my mother would have tell me somebody would do that to her, I would ask her, okay, what did you do? And my mother would probably tell me she slashed, she probably would have slashed this guy's throat, or she would have did something to him behind his back whenever he got done copping a field. And that guy wouldn't be walking. Let me just put that in layman's term for you. You can't just walk around here and touch a woman's breast and think that nothing's going to happen to you, fam. Something's bound to happen to you. Now, let me break down to the second audio clip that we heard of why she decided to come out. She talked about how seeing him at a press conference triggered her whenever he talked about he never touched any woman inappropriately, and she just happened to see that and breaks down. Again, I have never had anybody do anything sexual to me or grab me in the wrong places or any of that nature, so I wouldn't know how this, how to feel about this. I wouldn't know, so I'm just not going to touch that situation. But it's really, really touchy to me that she decides to come out after all these women come out. I mean, this seems like just another dog pile onto a guy, in which I don't know Cuomo personally. I don't know this man professionally neither. Personally, I never heard of Cuomo until basically last year whenever him and Trump were going at it back and forth. And then after that, once that died down, you didn't hear nothing about Cuomo until this kind of uh, allegation started coming out. She mentioned in the clip that she decided to come out, and thanks to all the women that decided to come out, well, before her, they gave her the strength to come out and say what happened to her. She mentioned in the interview as well how the governor is a fighter, which means that the governor has power, and he can basically fight and try to turn the tides and say that none of this happened to him, and all these women are making him all these allegations. I've never did anything to these women. I've never touched not a woman before. And that's basically what he did do, and that's basically what he did say. Now, all governors and anybody that hasn't done anything or anybody that has done anything are going to say, yo, I never did this, I didn't do this to this person, and yada, yada, yada. 
But whenever people start coming out in droves, in tens and twenties, people saying that, yo, you did this to me, it makes it hard for the audience, aka us, to say, yo, he didn't touch her or she didn't touch this man or this person didn't act like a douche or yada, yada, yada. It makes it hard because 10 people coming out and saying that, yo, this person did this to me, it's automatically a red flag to everybody. And then whenever you get almost up to 20 people saying it, or you everybody's like, okay, yeah, definitely he did it or she did this or whatever the person did that is accused of doing something. We need to start looking into everybody's background. Okay? We need to look back into the accuser and accusee's backgrounds. We need to see what type of background they had before and while they were this whole situation. And even after, a.k.a. meaning, for the Cuomo situation, what was his lifestyle like? Did he have any former priors? Did he go to jail for something? Did he did any type of thing? And then look at his the people that are accusing him. What were their backgrounds like? Did they happen to steal something? What did they happen to? Uh, what was their priors? Did they ever get arrested for anything? You need to look into these things whenever people are accusing somebody of something. Because you don't want to come out saying all these things about a person. And then somehow, in some way, it doesn't happen. It never happened. It wasn't true. But then again, we don't have to think about that because Cuomo kind of gave us a little benchmark and saying maybe he did it in the people's eyes because he decided to step down literally a day after this interview came out. The interview happened on a Monday, and he decided to resign on a Tuesday. And I happened to have a highlight of the resignation that he decided to, well, the public resignation that he had on television. And I have, like, an audio clip of that, and I'm about to play this to you right now. This situation, by its current trajectory, will generate months of political and legal controversy. That is what is going to happen. That is how the political wind is blowing. It will consume government. It will cost taxpayers millions of dollars. It will brutalize people. The State Assembly yesterday outlined weeks of process that will then lead to months of litigation. Time and money that government should spend managing COVID, guarding against the Delta variant, reopening upstate, fighting gun violence, and saving New York City. All that time would be wasted. This is one of the most challenging times for government in a generation. Government really needs to function today. Government needs to perform. It is a matter of life and death, government operations. And wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. New York tough means New York loving. And I love New York. And I love you. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now 
is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. Now, Cuomo did resign, as you already heard, and his resignation did take effect in, uh, would take effect in 14 days. And that means he has 14 days to get out of his office and get out of the governor's mansion and try to situate and find himself a location for him to land on. And this doesn't technically, uh, exempt him from trying to run for office later. This just means that he's stepping down for now as governor and he's letting somebody else take the reign. And I didn't know Cuomo had a father who was also the former New York governor. So Cuomo comes from a line of people and politicians. His father was a governor. He was a governor. His brother does work on CNN, which basically covers news throughout every throughout the whole entire world. I mean, his whole family just seems to have power. I did not know this at all until reading and looking up about Cuomo. So Cuomo is stepping down, but that doesn't mean he won't be running again for, I mean, political type of gains later down the line. Yeah, he stepped down, but I mean, he's going to get the Paula Deen and everybody else type of effect. He's going to be gone for a couple years and then pop back up whenever all this has died down. Think about it. Right now, Paula Deen was in a group was in a nice uh, situation, and then she got dropped, and then making years come back, she was able to pop her face back up on television, and everybody was able to forget about her. You remember, uh, what's what's her face? What's her face? What's his name? What's his name? God bless. Uh, God, uh, uh, um, uh, Mel Gibson. You, you know, the you, if you know Mel Gibson, you know what I'm getting at here. Pack of inwards. That whole audio clip, that went out there. And I mean, there's so many other white folks that got like technically canceled out here and Cuomo's just the next guy that's going to get canceled but he's going to get canceled in the ideas of law for sexual uh, conduct and everything else now one thing i didn't know was that new york city was trying to impeach cuomo as well and this comes from cnn they had to suspend or uh, stop the impeachment investigation and it reads new york state lawmakers will halt the impeachment investigation against new york governor andrew cuomo who resigned this week and will leave office on August 25th, State Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty announced on Friday afternoon. In a statement, Hasty said Cuomo's resignation effectively eliminated the central question of the probe whether Governor Cuomo should remain in office and that Judiciary Committee Chairman Charles Levine advised him with the guidance of counsel that the state constitution does not authorize the legislation well, the legislator, to impeach and remove an elected official who is no longer in office. The decision caught a number of Democratic lawmakers off guard and did not sit well with many of Cuomo's critics, in and outside of the government, who had called on the Assembly to continue its impeachment process even after the three-term governor stepped down. Hasty said in his statement, said that the investigation turned up credible evidence not only related to sexual harassment allegations against Cuomo, but also the misuse of state resources in relation to the publication of the governor's memoir, as well as improper and misleading disclosure of nursing home data during the COVID-19 pandemic. This evidence, we believe, could likely have result, resulted in articles of impeachment had he not resigned, Hasty said. He also noted that Cuomo still faces a thicket of potential legal woes, pointing to federal, state, and local investigations, five of them, and to issues ranging from Cuomo's use of public resources in the writings of his 2020 memoir to the, to the executives under reporting of COVID-19 deaths in nursing homes and the sexual misconduct allegations that most likely triggered his departure. Now, I'm not sure about the COVID-19 nursing home deaths. I've heard little trickets of here and there about that. I'm not even going to go into that 
because that is a bigger slew of a bigger issue because if he did something wrong there, there's no way we should have no, uh, there's no way we should be even talking about this. My man should be out of here. But since we're talking about sexual allegations and it's always a he said, she said, and it's not database, we can argue with that about that all day. Now, here's one thing I didn't know until I start really looking into Cuomo uh, during this week is that this coming from New York Times, Cuomo has $18 million in campaign cash, and he asks, what can he do with it? As it reads, even after his resignation takes effect in less than two weeks, Governor Andrew Cuomo will still control the largest pot of campaign cash in New York politics, $18 million amassed in apparent preparation for a run at a fourth term next year. That prospect now seems remote. Cuomo accused of sexually harassing nearly a dozen women, announced Tuesday that he will step down as he faced the threat of impeachment, and a course of calls for his resignation. But a huge stock of campaign funds, the most money retained by a departing New York politician in recent memories, affords him a range of possibilities, including the chance to attempt an eventual comeback or to play a role in the state's political life by donating to other candidates. Later down in the article, it reads, Cuomo raised more than $2 million this year, including a $10,000 a plate event in late June, while the state's attorney general's investigation was underway. That drew longtime supporters and union leaders. A person familiar with the governor's campaign said that there had not been many requests for refunds. The campaign finance director did not respond to requests for comments on refunds or how Cuomo intended to use his remaining funds. State campaign finance rules limit how Cuomo can spend the money. Campaign finance experts said he cannot use the money, for example, to pay for himself or purchase a new car or rent a house once he leaves the governor's mansion. Later this month, nor can he use the funds to run for a federal office or in New York City, where the campaign finance rules are more stringent. I don't understand what that means, but what I'm basically getting at and understanding is that my man has $18 million, and he can't spend it on himself, and he can't spend it to purchase a house or even rent a home once he leaves. See, but, <laughs> see, here's the thing. They say purchase a new car. What happens if he rents a new car and, like, flips it? Because they say you can't purchase a new car or rent a house. What happens if he buys a house and rents a car? I mean, there's so many loopholes in that situation that he can easily do, but I'm not sure Cuomo's that type of guy. He might be. All politicians are dirty to an extent, but I'm not understanding... He has $18 million. The only rule that I will believe, if you are a campaign guy and your campaign loses and you're not running anymore, you should throw back that money to your constituents that kicked in that money for you. As in, if I were to run up a GoFundMe to get a new mic and so happen I raise enough money for 10 mics, I might just buy the one mic and then start uh, giving the money back to the rest of the people. But then by that time, I had to figure out, okay, who gave me this, who gave me that, and try to figure out da-da-da, divvy it up, and explain it to the rest of the folks. Or I could say, hey, yo, guys, I was able to buy the mic, but here's the deal. The rest of the money I'll be giving off to a charity. Is that okay with you guys? Something like that. I believe that I could do. But I'm not the governor of New York. I didn't raise a campaign here. And a campaign is specifically for, okay, I want my guy to win. That's all a campaign is for. I believe in this type of circumstances, he should kick it back to all his people that did give him money. Give that money back. There's no way you can hold on to that. There's no way that you can hold on to that and then try to like, okay, well, if I can have it, well, people underneath me that are running for office, I can give it to them and they can give and use that money because the people that gave the money to me, I believe that they'll be okay with me giving their money to that guy. No, 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 no. 
You can't do that. You got to give that money back. You got to give that money back to their constituents that give it to you. That's my standing on Cuomo's whole holding on to $18 million for a campaign. Yet again, campaigns run a lot of money. It costs a lot to run a campaign. $18 million might not be something like that might be a brush off the shoulders and campaign uh, jargon. But for regular people, $18 million is a lot of money. Kick that back to the people that gave it to you. Or, in this case, ask the people, hey, yo, can I give it to a charity or whatever. But if they, if you can't give it to a charity, kick that money back to the people. Don't hold on to it. Don't be a sleazeball. Don't be none of that. But let me just round it off with this. In Cuomo's whole situation in the woman. I believe this is a affair gone wrong. If people on YouTube as well have been commenting, saying that this is a affair gone wrong, and this and that, and everybody else got other like conspiracy theories. This is just mine. I believe that Cuomo probably did do something with her, but with her consent. I don't believe that you're going to just rub up on a woman's butt and then they just feel all fritzy out and then they don't say nothing. I believe that you get slapped in the face or you get yelled at or this woman ain't going to be around you all that time or there's going to be some type of weird vibe between you two after the situation. There's not going to be a kiki-ki type of moment of you just being around that person. That ain't happening. That's one. And then two, with him being... A nasty man, yo, dog. You got to stop it. There's, you can't do that no more. You can't. The ways of the Bill Clintons and everything else happening, that can't happen no more. Which in Bill Clinton's case, I believe that was consensual too. And people gonna say, well, Joe, he manipulated. Her. No, 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 no. She gave him fellatio because she was in love with the president, and he was just using her, and he used her in that way off of naivete. But she was in love with power. That's all this was. This was a legit in love with power situation. He grabbed my breast and then he walked away. You didn't slap the man. You didn't yell out loud. You didn't do nothing in that situation. Come on, man. We got to we got to question some of these situations that happen. We have to question it. Now, I understand people might going to look at me foul and dirty and say, Gerald, you can't say that. You don't know. No, I can say these type of things because these are my opinions. And everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I'm not saying my opinion is all the way right, but my opinion is not all the way wrong neither. If you're in those type of situations, there's no way you're just going to sit there and just take a man rolling up your shirt and grabbing your breasts. How do you do that? Where do they teach you to sit there and just allow somebody to go up into your shirt and grab your breasts? If that was the case, by God, do you not know how many horny little kids and little dudes will be running around running up to a girl's shirt and grabbing their breasts because they just feel the type of way especially their hormones are growing andrew cuomo is not a young kid who's just horny all up in everybody's spot no andrew cuomo is an old dude and he knows how to flirt and knows how to spit game and he has the power of the governor and power brings along attraction and that is everything along the lines you how many nba players are ugly dudes but you know they're an nba player and they got money how many of them be getting all mad chicks they are they're not the governor dog they're just an nba player that is getting money now flip it over to a governor a governor is holding with staff he's holding with bodyguards that are surrounding him and flocking him that is showing off power that is showing off ayo i can do this and yada 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 it's such and such women love power I don't care what nobody tries to say. That's the truth. Because if not, you will not be seeing too many NBA guys with groupies. That's just what it is. You won't be seeing too many NFL players with groupies. You won't be seeing NBA, a whole lot of baseball players with groupies. That's called power in the form of money. That's where their power lies at. And 
especially whenever you get a high power athlete like the Shaqs and the Kobe's and the Derek Jeter's and all these other big high pro high profile style athletes in the names, they have power in their hands, but also with real money. They have the power because they are worldwide known as, oh my God, you're Shaquille O'Neal. Oh my God, you're Kobe Bryant. Oh my God, you're Derek Jeter. Oh my God, you're the next up and coming guy in the NBA or NFL. And they're telling me to watch out for you. And you just got a big match of contract. These are, that's power right there in the form of money, in the form of notoriety. Governors have the power in the form of notoriety because they are the governor. They make the laws and they throw down the laws for that state. So that is power. Again, power attracts women that love power. And that's, I believe, happened here. And I'm not going to say all the accusers that are accusing Cuomo of uh, sexual misconduct, that's happened to them. But in this instance right here, I'm calling it right now. This woman loved that power that Cuomo had. She was attracted to his power. And I believe for this one instance right here, this was just a bad incident that went wrong, and now she's going to run up and say that he touched me and he did something wrong. That's just me. So that can knock that down. 10 out of the 11, probably he probably did something more wrong in those 10. But for this one out of the 11, this one right here, nah, this was power. This was straight power being used by him, and she was attracted to it, and then this is just what happened. This is just the realization of that yo she fell into the rabbit hole she fell into the trap and then there it is and now you got to live with that you have to live with that you can't just say oh my god he used me well yeah you used him too you thought you were going to get something out of that power and then when it didn't happen you feel like oh my god i allow him to do these things to me and now i get nothing out of this yeah you got to live with that that's the that's the type of thing that you got to live with. That's called you shot your you shoot your shot and you didn't make it in all the way. He got his in, but you didn't get yours in all the way. You understand? So again, this one right here, this interview with this chick, she shot her shot with Cuomo. It happened, but she didn't get what she wanted out of the situation. That's all I got to say for Andrew Cuomo. Now, on to his brother Chris Cuomo and CNN and also people around in CNN and people watching CNN. Long story short for Chris Cuomo here, people want Chris Cuomo out of his job for CNN. You have people out here that's going to say that, yo, he protected his brother. He didn't do what was right. He should have stayed out of it and all these other things. And then you got people on the television side that are journalists. People are going to say that, yo... How are people going to rely on us? How are people going to trust us? We work with the guy. People are not going to say that, yo, you guys didn't know nothing about this or any type of that situation. People look to journalists themselves to say, hey, yo, you're supposed to give us the news and you were working with Chris Cuomo. You mean to tell me you didn't get nothing out of the man? See, here's my take on Chris Cuomo right here and especially the people that are watching Chris Cuomo and that want him out of the job and people inside CNN that are ticked at Chris Cuomo for being with his brother in his case of crisis here. You can all suck an egg. You can all suck a lemon. And I stand on that wholeheartedly here. Chris Cuomo did exactly what a brother is supposed to do, whether you like it or not. If your sibling tells you, Ayo, I'm in trouble, you're going to wonder how can you help your sibling unless you personally hate your sibling. I want everybody to ask yourself this question. If your sibling were to tell you, hey, yo, I'm in trouble, and then you ask them, okay, how, what are you in trouble with? 
and say, tell you, start telling them a story, and they tell you that, yo, I didn't do it, and this and that, are you going to say, nah, bro, I can't help you, or nah, sis, I can't help you? You're going to automatically say, you know what, let me see what I can do, because I know my sibling, and my sibling didn't do this. You're going to try to see how you can help your sibling, and this is exactly what Chris Cuomo did. He did everything he can to, for his brother to get him out of this situation, and it didn't happen. Andrew stepping down, and Chris Cuomo now has to go back to CNN. There has no been reports of Chris Cuomo stepping down from CNN or leaving CNN. There's nothing. There has been no type of news to come out from that. You just have people out here talking that yo Chris Cuomo is nasty for protecting his brother. Chris Cuomo shouldn't be in CNN. I will never watch CNN because Chris Cuomo's on there and he helped out his brother. Listen again, you can all suck an egg, suck a lemon, suck a nice sized watermelon. You understand? This man did exactly what a brother is supposed to do. And this is coming from one brother that would do anything to help out his other brothers if they tell them that they're in trouble. Because that's what you're supposed to do as family, as blood. You help out your family. And that's exactly what he did. I can't hate on Chris Cuomo for this. You put a lot of the heat onto his brother Andrew, if anything else, but you can't put heat on Chris because he did exactly what you're supposed to do. When you're raised up as siblings, you learn who your sibling is. You know who your sibling is. And then when they start being departing away from you, then you can probably be like, okay, I don't know much about my sibling that much. But then you always have the memories of, okay, they took care of me. Or you have all these fond memories of your sibling. And then you just can never, ever think about, oh, my God, my brother did this. Think of it whenever a kid goes to class and the kid is a terrible kid or such and such, and then he happens to do something, and then the parent comes in, and then there the parent goes in, and they go in, guns are blazing, because now they hear that their kid is in trouble, and now they try to figure out what's up with their kid, and they hear about the incident, their parent is going to try to stand up for their son or their daughter, because they know their son or daughter, in that instance, they know that their son and daughter have might have problems, but they're not as bad as what they're trying to be made out to be, they're going to try to protect their kid as much as they can, in this instance with Cuomo, both the Cuomos, Chris tried to help out Andrew in the best way that he can, and it just happened to not work, and Andrew had to step down. So again, my stance on the Chris whole situation, people calling for Chris to step down, yo, let it be, suck a lemon, stop it. He's not going nowhere. He needs to stay on television because he did nothing wrong by protecting his brother. And people in CNN that don't like Chris Cuomo for helping out his brother. Yo, y'all gotta suck a lemon. Y'all are all paid by the exact same guy. You're all paid by the exact same company. You guys probably looked at Chris Cuomo like, oh my God, he's such a good guy. And then when you find out that he helped out his brother, oh my God, he's such a bad guy. No, you guys gotta flip it. What would you do if you were in his shoes? What would you do if that situation was reversed and you were in his shoes or somebody in your family happened to have an allegation thrown onto them? What would you do? Would you step aside or would you try to help out your family in that instance? And whether your decision may be or not, you can't get mad at somebody for helping out their family. That's just what it is. And you know Chris Cuomo. If you are CNN, you know him. You've been around him. You're able to gauge the guy if he's a prick or he's a nice guy or whatever the case may be. You can gauge it. And if you could tell me that, yo, he was a prick to me before this and now this just basically solidifies it, I can understand you and say, you know what? You have some merits to you not liking him. But if you had a nice, good, like, relationship with him before this, and then you come to find out that, yo, Chris was 
uh, helping out his brother. Yo, what does that have to do with you? He did nothing to you. He was good to you. He was a friend to you or even a nice uh, associate to you. But you come to find out that he helped out his brother. Yo, you got to lay off that. He did what he was supposed to do. So again, Chris Cuomo situation, he should stay on CNN. If he gets off of CNN, I don't know what to tell you on that. I would think that's a complete travesty to Chris. He did nothing wrong. Again, Chris Cuomo did nothing wrong. He helped out his brother. And that's all I got to say about that instance with the whole Cuomos. Now on to another <laughs> family. And it's now we're talking to the Royals. Prince Andrew, Prince Andrew, Prince Andrew. And again, as I said before, CNN, they knocked it out of the, not CNN, CBS, knocked it out of the park this week with the interviews. And I'm going to play you a snippet of their topic that they talk about this week with Prince Andrew. And it's talking about a woman coming out and trying to say that Andrew did something to her when she was 17. But without further ado, let me play the clip. And here it is right now. In a new lawsuit, Virginia Gouffray, seen here as a teenager standing next to Prince Andrew, alleges that she was forced to engage in sexual acts with him on three separate occasions. According to court documents, in each instance, Gouffray was given express or implied threats by convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, his alleged associate Ghislaine Maxwell, and or Prince Andrew. She feared death or physical injury to herself or another and other repercussions for disobeying because of their powerful connections, wealth and authority. David Boys is Virginia Gouffray's attorney. Um, the fact of the matter is the evidence is, is overwhelming that Prince Andrew was with her. You have the testimony of Virginia, the testimony of other people, photographic evidence. The lawsuit claims Andrew knew Gouffray was 17 years old but went ahead for the purpose of gratifying his sexual desires. For the record, is there any way you could have had sex with that young woman or any young woman trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein in any of his residences? No. In 2019, Prince Andrew told BBC Newsnight he didn't remember ever meeting the teen. Nobody can prove whether or not it, um, that, it, that photograph has been doctored, but I don't recollect that photograph ever being taken. And you don't recollect having your hand no. round her waist no. in Gerlaine Maxwell's house no. on any occasion, even if it was a different date. I'm terribly date. sorry, but if I, as a member of the royal family, and I have a photograph taken, and I take very, very few photographs, I am not one to, um, as it were, hug, and um, public displays of affection are not something that, that I do. But in a CBS This Morning interview with Gail King last year, Gouffray said that Prince Andrew was fully aware of what he was doing. Prince Andrew should be panicking. He knows he's guilty. He needs to be held accountable. We need to show the world that the rich and the mighty can fall too. The lawsuit comes nearly two years after Epstein died in a Manhattan federal jail. Maxwell, who has pleaded not guilty to sex trafficking charges, is awaiting her trial set to start in November. What would justice look like for Virginia? I think justice uh, here for Virginia and for other victims, uh, first and foremost, is vindication. It is an acceptance of the fact that they were trafficked. We reached out to spokespeople for Ghislaine Maxwell and Prince Andrew for a statement. Andrew's legal team says they have no comment and we're still waiting to hear back from Maxwell's representatives. And I think a lot of our viewers might be wondering why Virginia is coming forward 
now. I asked her lawyer. The reason is she can here in New York State. New York is one of the states across the country that implemented a look-back window, which essentially ah. eliminates temporarily the statute of limitations for three years. But that window ends on Saturday. As you heard from that uh, CBS clip, um, she decided to come out now because, well, the statute of limitation technically in New York City would expire this Saturday. Well, yesterday, and she came out earlier this week about this. I'm not... Mm, I have a lot of mixed emotions about this. Again, people that are in powerful positions, you do uh, nasty things, and they always do and They always do nasty things. I'm never ever siding with any of the powerful people. I am just trying to figure out why she waits so long, for love of God. This is what makes it hard for a lot of people. This is what makes it hard for people to really... Um, side with accusers, not even accusers, but um, people that have been abused. This this type of situation makes it hard. Women, I need you all to stand up whenever a man or a woman has done you wrong. I want you to go to somebody, and I mean somebody of power, that actually can get these people locked up and get them out of here. Man, I need you to. I understand the world is hard. I understand me, especially a black man can say, I know that the world is hard. And I know that people aren't going to take you seriously, but at least as long as you have the paperwork and you have it all filled out, you at least can say to them and the rest of the world, hey, I did have my paperwork signed up. I did tell you guys about this. I told you, but you guys never listened to me. You guys didn't take me seriously. And you can all hold, and you as the people can hold the world accountable. You can hold those people that didn't take you seriously as accountable. And you also can tell the people that, did something to you as accountable for doing that to you. I need a lot of that to come out. I need more people to come out and say these things and say what happened to you. I That's what I need to happen. Because, again, more people, and there's more nasty men, and there's more nasty women out here in position of power. And guess what? They are still going to do nasty things. I need you all to come out and say something. Now that it's out of the way, Prince Andrew, you nasty, nasty guy. You didn't even denounce that, yo, I have relations with this woman like that. You said, whoa, nobody can say that this photo was doctored. Nobody can say any of that. You just basically said that as a member of the royal family, yo, you don't usually take photos and everything else. But dog, you took a photo with her, dude. You took a photo with her and it has Epstein in the woman in the background that the other woman that's the ringleader of this in the background of you taking the photo with this woman right here you took the photo dog that's happened you might have messed around with her whenever she was 17 or you probably thought she was 18 whenever you went on that island with all these other women that were against their will it's quote-unquote i have to say quote-unquote because a lot of women probably were just looking to just have parties and go out with a whole lot of high sedity classy dudes Again, I have to look at this with a highbrow or with a open mind because, again, there are so many stories of women out here just going out and dancing and going out and enjoying themselves, and they might hook up with a high famous guy or high celebrity. But for a woman in their seven, let me stop it right here because I'm about to run myself in the circles. Let me take this at one step at a time. I'm going to take this step and just hear me out. 
women and dudes will go out and enjoy themselves and all the everything that goes along with it. And then they will happen to see either somebody that's either got some money or that somebody that has some fame. People are going to try to shoot their shot and do that and mess around with that particular person. And whether they shoot their shot and it goes in or they shoot the shot and it doesn't happen, hey, you shot your shot and you try to get yourself something out of it. In this instance with a 17-year-old, I don't think the 17-year-old knew exactly who Prince Andrew was. I don't think nobody knows who any of the royal people are until the world starts getting on a whole lot of tabloids and saying, oh my God, that's the prince this, oh my God, that's the prince that. Meaning, whenever you're at a nightclub situation and if you're not surrounded, and if this person is not surrounded by a whole lot of people, you don't know who this person is at all until you get flanked outside and people start taking mad photos of this particular celebrity and then you say oh my god who is this person and then you might have that conversation with them and they might say okay i'm such and such and i belong to such and such that's whatever that type of situation happens and i believe that happens with the royals all the way Meghan markle happened to know who prince harry was because well prince william at the time i believe was getting married or started messing around with his wife kate at the time and that's how everybody knew exactly who William and Harry were. In my explanation, that's the only reason I knew exactly who William and Harry were because William was getting married and that made me come in line and watch the marriage of William and Kate and know exactly who these guys were. I'm just a regular person. I don't know who any of the royals are until the news start picking up on exactly who the royals are. And I believe as a 17-year-old, especially back in that time, I don't believe that she knew exactly who the royals were at all like that. I mean, you can get the queen out of everything. That's the queen. But if you start going down the line, I don't think people can start saying, oh my God, this person here, this person here, this person belongs here, this person, the cousin of this person. No, unless you are literally a guy or, a guy or gal that have been living in England all your time because the royal family are rock stars and they are who they are. But anyway, Prince Andrew, you're a nasty man. I'm just going to make it short and sweet on it. You're a nasty man. And this is coming from, and, I, and let me read you something. This is coming from peoples.com, and it reads, Prince Charles says Prince Andrew won't return to royal life as British police review sexual abuse claims. That's a lie. I'm calling that straight up right now. That's a lie. But anyway, the article reads, Prince Charles is reportedly realizing his brother Prince Andrew's position as a royal is unrecoverable as the Duke of York faces escalating scrutiny over allegations of sexual abuse. This will be unwelcome reputational damage to the institution of the monarchy, a source close to Charles told the Times of London on Thursday. The source noted that though Charles loves his brother and has the ability to have sympathy for the slings and arrows that his brother endures, the Prince of Wales long ago concluded that it is probably an unsolvable problem. Added the source, this will probably further strengthen in the Prince's mind that a way back for the Duke is not possible because the specter of this accusation raises its head with hideous regularity meaning that charles is basically saying that his brother can't go back to royal work he won't be able to get back to royal life he won't be able to enjoy the lavish things as long as the british police reviews the sexual abuse claims i call that a hogwash i call that a false narrative i call that straight up a fairy tale this man will continue to live out as a royal man, a man of the royal cloth, a man of the monarchy, because he is still the queen's son, just as Charles is the queen's son, and as long as they are brothers. 
he will still live the royal life. He's still going to have the servants. He's still going to have the armed brigade. He's still going to have security around him. He's still going to have the maids. Still going to have people making his beds and all that good fancy crap that the royals have. Charles is lying to the people. Do you understand me? I would have believed it if the queen would have made a statement. But the brother coming out, the prince, the guy that is not on the throne saying something, hogwash. The queen didn't say nothing. The queen didn't have a statement coming out to say that my son won't be coming back as a royal. He won't be enjoying his luxury. He won't be enjoying his luxury life. That's a lie. He is coming back as a royal. He's going to be living that high fancy life. He's going to be doing well. That's just me. That's just me calling this straight like it is. Charles tried to put a band-aid over the problem saying that, yo, Andrew's not coming back. You guys don't have to worry about it. He's not going to enjoy his high sedity lifestyle as long as the police are doing their job and going looking into the sexual allegation. No. No. He told you guys a straight fairy tale lie, and it's all up to you if you believe it or not. I'm telling you right now, don't believe that. Do not believe that at all. Andrew is living the good life. Andrew is still living good. If he comes out looking slummy and bummy, that is a straight-up photography, like, photo shoot. Do you understand? He knows people are going to be out there taking photos of him. And they're going to say, oh, my God, he really is looking bummy. Oh, my God, he really is not a part of the royal family anymore. Do you not? Do you, I want everybody to understand this. As long as he is in England, they control the media. They control what they want to put out. Do you understand? Because if the royal family didn't control what they wanted to put out, the British people wouldn't have the royals anymore. That whole monarchy of the royal whole situation would have been blown to high smithereens by now. There will be no such thing as the royals. There will be no such thing as the king and queen, the prince, the duchess, the princess. There will be no such thing as that. But there still is because they run it over there. So for, the, for, so for Charles to come out and say, yo, my brother's not going to enjoy the royal life because of the of the allegations that's happening, and the British police are looking into it. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. You have to understand that they are going to do what's best for their bacon. And for Charles to come out and say, yo, he's not going to be on the royal family list, that's a lie. That's all I got to say right there. Don't believe it. Andrew is still part of the royal family. He's still getting treated like a fat cat living up in a high sedity place. Believe it. He's still out here. Be wary of yourself. And Andrew, the only way that you'll know if you truly, and I mean truly, want to test that waters to see if you uh, didn't do anything, come to America, dog. People over here, we ain't going to do the nice and high class sedity thing as England is doing over there. No, 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 no. You're going to get down in the gutter, down in the gutters, and down with the mud, just like everybody else. And we're going to see if you really a prince like that. We're going to see how much power you truly got. Again, I believe that this man probably did touch this girl whenever she was 17, but he probably didn't know she was 17. He probably thought that she was probably 18 or even 19. But then again, who am I to say? But I can't say I do believe that he did touch this girl. And that's all I got to say about that for that instance. Prince Andrew, America is still waiting for you to come over here. Britney Spears lovers, Britney Spears listeners, Britney Spears fans, don't get too high up on your high horse right now because don't think that just because uh, her father said that he's stepping down, that doesn't mean that my man is stepping down right now. It was overshot this week that Jamie uh, Spears was going to step down as conservator over Britney Spears' uh, life. 
over Britney Spears' business and anything else that concerns Britney Spears. It came out that he'll be stepping down, but what they didn't, and what they did not tell everybody else is that he's actually going to be, uh, he's going to be stepping down, but within due time. You understand? And let me give you exactly what I'm talking about here. And this is coming from Yahoo Entertainment and the title reads, Jamie Spears is willing to step down as Britney's conservator, but not yet. So what happens next? And in the article, it reads on Thursday, triumphant cries were heard far and wide as news circulated that Jamie Spears, who has overseen and profited off of the conservatorship for the last 13 years, agreed in quotations to resign his controversial post. And while that is potentially good news for the star who has accused him of conservatorship abuse, Jamie's filings actually argue that he should not be suspended or removed. It also noted that he is willing to step down when the time is right, but the transition needs to be orderly and include a resolution of matters depending before the court. As it reads, NBC News confirmed with his legal team that he isn't stepping aside at this time. Jamie Spears is not stepping down unless the court approves of payment of the attorney fees that he's seeking of, which would be $1.2 million, and his compensation. So the man wants to get compensated for having the reins over Britney's life for the last 13 years, which, A, I wouldn't know how to feel about that if I was Britney, but, A, if he wants to be compensated, just hurry up and give him what the money is and just get him out of here. I understand people say, oh, my God, why would you want to constantly pay this man? He Didn't he get paid throughout of being the man over Britney's life? Didn't he get paid of this and that? Listen here, I understand that, but if you want to get this guy off your back, a.k.a. get the monkey off your back, just pay him or try to find another another legal loophole. But the quickest way is just to pay him and get him out of here. But you got to realize what is in Britney's, uh, what's in Britney's account. What does her bank account say? Is she rich? Is she poor? Did he take how much money? If he took how much money, they should be able to pull that out in the courts. I mean, this should be an easy one for her to really get him out of conservatorship since he's now laid down the proof blueprint to say, hey, I'm willing to step down as long as we're on the right time and everything else. And also, my lawyer's got to be paid at $1.2 million, and also I got to be compensated for these last 13 years. So, I mean, congratulations for Brittany to almost be one step closer for having her father being released from the reins of her controlling, of him controlling her life. But I'm going to say that uh, there's a part of me that might be thinking, what did he do? Technically, did he keep her sane? Did he keep her technically on the right path? Because us as the outsiders, we don't know the whole full story. We only can get partial story. We're only going to get partial of everything. We don't know the whole true full story is everybody that's anybody included in the story. We don't know. We're just outsiders. So on the outside looking in, we're thinking that Brittany's father was actually controlling her finances and controlling her and she couldn't do what she wanted to do. But you have to think about it. Certain people don't need to be in control of their situations. AKA, if certain people were still here, a.k.a. Oh, Amy Winehouse, and she had somebody probably looking over her, she would still be here. And I hate to say it like that, but it's true. There's certain musicians and certain actors and actresses that they need to have somebody over them to make sure that they're going to be doing right, to make sure they don't blow their money, to make sure that they don't go to all these parties, to make sure that they show up to certain places that they need to show up. And I believe that's exactly what... He at least did for at least a good portion of that conservatorship. 
Yes, she might not have wanted to uh, do the concerts. Yeah, she might not have wanted to do the residency, but he knew her legal troubles. He knew how much money she had in her bank account. You need to do these concerts because you are not going to be able to live out here good. You don't know, and we don't know as a people, we have no idea what he was looking into and what Britney Spears and that, her whole legal team has been keeping away from the actual people. That's what I mean by it. we don't know the whole full case of the whole Jamie and Britney Spears thing. We only can go about Hulu Doc. So, I'm just going to go with this. I want to say congratulations for Britney Spears for being one step closer for getting out of the conservatorship with her father. But also, I want people to keep an open mind. What did he do for her? Now, in this week, there has been uh, situations of vaccines and vaccinations and all these other things. I'm just going to hurry up and run these down to you. Uh, the military has decided that they are trying to get it a mandated that anybody that's in the military is going to get the vaccines, period. You're going to get vaccinated whether you like it or not. That's just happening. But as Americans, we do have the rights and you are in the military. You have the rights to uh, have some exemptions under the religious style, meaning that if you serve a religious thing or you have a religious uh, belief, you cannot get the vaccine if it doesn't coincide with your religion. And this is coming from www.defense.gov, and it reads, There is a religious exemption possible possibility for any mandatory vaccine, and there is a process that we go through to console the individuals, both from a medical and from a command perspective, about using a religious exemption, Kirby said. Counseling, he said includes a discussion with both a medical professional and a commander about the risk of not being vaccinated as well as how not being vaccinated might affect deployability, assignments, or travel. Requests for religious exemptions defer by service, he said. We take freedom of religion and worship seriously in the military. It's one of those things that we sign up to defend, he said. And so it's something that's done very carefully. So meaning that, yo, if you have a religious uh, belief and you can't get vaccinated and that's just what it is, hey, yo, we go, we're going to go through these processes. You're going to go through these steps. We're going to tell you, hey, yo, okay, you can't get it. All right, because your religion, okay, this might affect your this and that. They might affect your this and that. And they're going to basically, I believe they're going to try to scare you into a way that, yo, you're going to have to make that decision deep down within yourself, but that, Yo, your religion really isn't that important when it comes down to you protecting your country. I believe that's exactly how they're going to try to paraphrase it in that saying that your God or God is going to look after you after you get this vaccine, even though you might not believe that you might not need the vaccine, you're going to need it and God's going to be okay with it and you're going to be okay with it. I believe that's something along the lines they're going to try to play around with it. And manipulate the service men and women into getting the vaccine. I just want you all to understand and notice that, yo, we are in some really crazy times where people are trying to mandate the vaccine. I understand that people want to get the vaccine and people uh, want to not get the vaccine. A, it's all your choice. That's all I'm getting at here. Vac getting vaccinated is your choice, but I believe wearing a mask should be mandated completely. It should be into law. You need to wear a mask because, again, if you are wearing a mask, you are 
blowing that mess into your body, into your system, not to anybody else. If you decide to get the vaccine, guess what? It's already been proven that guess what? You can still get COVID. If you don't get the vaccine, it's been proven last year that you can get COVID. So again, you can get COVID either way, but I believe a one way that's helped stopping it is the mask. So I believe in this life that we're living in right now, in law, they should already have it mandated that you should wear a mask. That's what I'm getting at for that topic with the military and the vaccines. And also, this upcoming week, since we're in a new week, we are, kids are starting to go back to school. I'm going to be going back to school Wednesday when my college opens up. And children are going to be start going back to school Monday. I want parents to understand that it's been crazy last week because I understood that on the news, um, it was reported that they want to get their kids vaccinated. They want to get the kids vaccinated. Kids 5 through 12 can now get the vac- vaccine. That's bizarre to me. I don't believe no kids should be getting the vaccine right now. Last year, and the funny thing is, and I can remember literally me being in one of my classes, and I was in one of my classes, my professor was talking, and they said that the kids won't have to get the vaccine. Kids won't be able to get corona. Kids won't be able to get COVID and all this other type of crap. And that really stuck to me. And now, a year later, kids have gotten COVID. Now, it's being reported. And kids now are being able to get the vaccine. And last year, earlier this year, whenever the vaccine was available, there was no such thing as kids being able to get the vaccine and blah, blah, blah. But now, fast forward months, many months later, when school is about to come around, oh, yeah, kids can get the vaccine now. No, the vaccine was never built for children. The vaccine wasn't built for their body. Their body hasn't even equipped itself to fight all the type of diseases. they have. Their body hasn't been built to f- uh, fight the common cold, fight strep throat, fight any type of disease that regular kids can get. And you're going to tell me that we're going to try to pump them with a vaccine? Dog, get out of here. Adults, I want you guys to just be weary of this. If you decide to get your kid the vaccine, hey, you as a parent, you do whatever you want. That is your child. That is your prerogative and that's all up to you to make sure your kid is safe out here in this life but still again wear have them wear a mask because you don't want your kid to end up getting covid you don't want your kid to end up dying because of covid yet again getting them getting the vaccine can prolong your kid from getting the covid and then if they still can get covid it can still happen not getting the vaccine you can get covid anytime any place but wearing a mask at least can uh stop your kid from breathing in the breath that other people are surrounding them by and surrounding them with and your kid can stop and prevent themselves from getting COVID because they are only breathing in their own fumes from their own breath and their own nose and that same oxygen, that same everything is being recycled right back into their body. So again, keep the mask on your children. That is just my recommendation towards you. I want to read you guys something from NBC News, and it reads, Florida school district rattled by COVID-related teacher deaths days before classes begin. And it reads, two teachers and one teaching assistant died this week from complications of COVID-19, rattling a school district in southern Florida only days before students were scheduled to return to classrooms, officials said. The deaths from employees from the Broward County Public Schools include a female teacher, 48, and a female Teaching assistant 49, they worked at an elementary school, according to a statement Friday from the Broward Teachers Union. A second female elementary school teacher also died, the union says she was 48. 
The two teachers and teacher's assistant all died within a 24-hour period, union officials said. The union corrected a previous statement from their president, Anna Fresco. Fresco. Fresco incorrectly said three teachers and one teacher's assistant died earlier this week from COVID-19 complications. We grieve their losses among with their family and the school communities they left behind, the union said. It really hits hard because we've been in this conversation about masking up in schools. Our own elected governor acting like masks are not necessary, Fresco told the news station. Again, this is also goes right into what I said. Have the mask on. Have your kids wear your mask inside the school. Because again, you don't want your kid to get COVID. Again, people, parents, anybody listen to me, with brothers and siblings and sisters and whatever you want to call it, make sure your people are wearing their masks when they go back to school. Because again, COVID is still out here. COVID is still dangerous. COVID is still taking lives and murking people. You don't want your people to be out here getting murked by COVID. That's all I got to say about that particular situation. I want to talk to you guys also about one more last thing before I want to get into one happy good thing for this week. Um, I didn't know that certain schools were already back in, like, back readying up and kids were already back in school this week. I didn't know that until I was online and I found a news uh, topic that reads, One dead in New Mexico school shooting and a student was detained. And this is coming from Albuquerque, New Mexico. One student was killed and another one was taken into custody Friday after a shooting at a middle school near downtown Albuquerque during the lunch hour. Police said the gunfire at Washington Middle School marked the second shooting in New Mexico's largest city in less than 24 hours. Albuquerque is on a pace to shatter its homicidal record this year, having already matched within the first eight months of the year the previous annual high of 80 homicides set in 2019. Albuquerque Public Schools Superintendent Scott Elder said during a news conference with police that it is a terrible day for the district and the whole community. I want to send out my thoughts and prayers to all of our students, all of our families that were impacted by this horrible event, he said. Hardstock said investigators were trying to determine how the student obtained the gun and what may have prompted the shooting. He said other students will be interviewed as detectives try to piece together what happened. Albuquerque Police Deputy Commander Kyle Stockhart described the shooting as an isolated incident between the two students who were believed to be about 13 years old. He said a school resource officer ran towards the two boys after gunfire erupted and prevented any other violence. The school was locked down and parents were asked to pick up their kids. Friday marked just the third day of classes for Albuquerque's public school district. While students won't return until Tuesday, elders said the school staff will be making preparations to ensure students have access to counseling and any other support services they need. Of course, it's extremely difficult, he said, of something like this happening so early in the school year. There's a lot of pressure in the community. People are nervous. It was a terrible incident that happened between two people. It should have never happened. This shouldn't happen in the community. It certainly shouldn't happen at a school. How does this happen? Now, I understand how kids get guns and kids want to do something to other people, but by God, dude, you are just in school. You guys are, okay, middle school children, I understand now you guys can get into certain altercation with each other and you guys just feel like the world is not, I'm not going to say not fair and everybody, okay. Let me rephrase this. I understand how children in middle school are because I used to be one myself and I and I can think back to my previous life as a middle schooler right now, technically, because my mindset really hasn't changed that much. My mindset was back then the same way as it is now. 
mind my business, do my work, get out and conversate with people that are just like myself. In certain instances, people will try to test me, but I never did anything back to them and just left me be. Now, I'm not certain how this situation happened, but I can say this. Certain kids need to be left alone. If you don't like a kid, just leave them be. Parents, teach your kids to leave other kids alone because, yet again, you don't want your kid to end up dying in school. This was something that was so stupid between two 13-year-olds. One is dead and one is going off to prison for killing another kid. That's going to happen. Yes, he's going to be in juvie, but best believe he's going to go to jail for this. That kid is going to go to trial and he's going to go to jail for killing another kid. And it's just crazy how it just happened in school. Technically, really hasn't started yet, but it started for them. And this kid won't be able to live out the rest of his life. One kid is literally dead. and won't be really live, be able to live out the rest of his life. While the other one, he now has to go and deal with and deal with this for the rest of his life on his conscience. Now, for me personally, I don't know how parents deal with this. I wouldn't know what to do. I will personally want to get a 13-year-old and I want to question his parents like, where did your kid get this gun? Why wasn't the gun locked up? And all these type of things, which police officers definitely will be asking the parents, where did, where, how did your kid get the gun? Was the gun always locked up? And all these type of things, because then those type of charges will be coming towards the parents for not locking up the gun or all these type of things. It's just unfortunate whenever a kid as young as 13 loses their life to another 13-year-old. Kids, teenagers, young adults, listen to me now. The world is much more bigger than high school, middle school, elementary school. The world is so much bigger than that. And people in college, the world is so much bigger than people in college. The world is the world. Once you step out literally into the world, you're able to start noticing who you are truly. You're starting to see who people are truly. And you're going to start understanding real life situations. And you're going to really start to understand bills. You're going to understand actual problems with other people really really other people that aren't that you don't have to see every day that probably might say something to you and then go about your way and you might have to figure out do you do something do you retaliate or whatever the case may be but understand there are bigger situation than just elementary middle school high school and college there's bigger issues out here just don't let somebody press your buttons in those type of situations you just walk away breathe in i know it's gonna be hard because trust me i had some of those situations where it was hard for me to breathe and not want to do something but it is able and it is manageable to do you just gotta have a whole lot of willpower and i pray that you have a whole lot of willpower and for the love of god please stay masked up in the schoolhouses again there's gonna be kids that are gonna try to pull down other kids masks i guarantee you there's gonna be kids trying to pull down other kids masks in schoolhouses but you can't allow somebody to pull down your mask in the school don't allow that to happen and just stay away from people that are meaning to do harm towards you. That's my only advice that I got for this. And prayers to the family that lost the son, both in prison and prayers to the family that lost a kid literally in the ground now because that kid shot your child. Prayers be to both of you. Now, before I get out of here, I want to do another congratulatory segment right now. And this is towards two black females from Harvard. And the title of this is Undefeated. First black girl duo wins international debate competition at Harvard. So I want to give a round of applause to them.
The article says, for the first time in the history of the Harvard Debate Council, two black girls from Atlanta have made history as the first black female duo to win the annual summer debate competition at Harvard University, according to an announcement. If you don't already know, the students from Harvard Debate Council's program are pretty much unstoppable and for the fourth year in a row have left the competition in the dust and have taken the top prize. The two black girls' names are Jayla Jackson, who is 16 and is a rising junior at Holy Innocence Episcopal School. And the other one is Imani Stranton, 17-year-old, and is a rising senior at North Atlanta High School. Both girls are currently members of the Atlanta-based Harvard Diversity Project, an initiative founded by Harvard's award-winning debate coach and author Brandon P. Fleming. In 2017, Harvard accepted Fleming's proposal to establish the diversity project as a means to promote diversity, equality, and inclusion on the campus. This year, Jackson and Stanton secured the fourth consecutive championship for the Atlanta-based team with an undefeated 10-0 record. The topic of the debate was resolved. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization should subsequently increase its defense commitments in the Baltic states. I have no idea what any of that meant, but I want to give a nice good shout out to both of these two young ladies. They are 16 and 17 years old, and for them to even win this thing and they're the first black like duo, the black girl duo to win it, hey, this is nothing but black excellence at its finest. Again, we need this. We need this to be publicized a lot more than just a little clip that you see on a little something on a Yahoo or anything of that nature. No, this thing needs to be blown up a lot much more on news. ABC needed to pick this up. CBS needed to pick this up. I didn't see this nowhere on the news, but I am happy to have seen this on somewhere on the internet and have grabbed it, and I'm glad to bring it towards you so you guys can hear about black excellence at its finest at the age of 16 to 17 with both of these two black females winning the international debate competition at Harvard. So again, I want to give it up to these two black, young, excellent women, and I want them to be encouraged to do whatever they want to do in this lifetime and still be excellent in anything that they do. So with that said, I hope you guys did enjoy today's episode. I know I got onto a whole lot of touchy subjects, especially the Cuomo and the accusations and the accuser, but I thought it was really important, especially with uh, school time coming around and a whole lot of people going back into uh, work and a whole lot of people going back into these offices where the deans and you're about to have interaction with professors. Power is a power is something that people love to hold on to, and power is something that people like to hold of hold above other people. So, if you can get anything out of this episode today, is that please. Please, for the love of God, if somebody is doing something towards you or somebody did something to you that is in a powerful position, you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody in the law so they can have that on paper and you can have that on paper. And I want you to please take a photo of it, take a snapshot on it, and then send that out to social media and let everybody else see your story and hear your story. And then guess what? Blow it up. So guess what? Then guess what? It has more eyes that are focused in on that person doing nastiness or doing wrong to you so people can get that person out of here that needs to happen don't wait for years and years and years don't do that because you're allowing other people to get hurt by somebody i know you might say gerald it's not my problem it's not my fault that this happened you need to tell somebody that's doing the nastiness you need to tell the pervert to stop being a pervert guess what i can tell the pervert to stop being a pervert all day there, you're not going to stop being a pervert until somebody comes up and either kills them or either gets them off the streets. 
and the person that's being that's getting perverted on is the person that's being the attention of the pervert. I have to say this with a clear and open mind and a please, please understanding that you guys are the ones that are the people that's going to be the thrust into the change. You guys are going to be the ones that are going to have to put the paperwork out here and say, yo, I filed this and I hope you guys see this and show this off to the news so the news can blow this up. And then guess what? This person or gal or whoever to be get out of position of power. So again, I know this was a sensitive topic with Governor Cuomo and I know a lot of people have dealing have been dealing with other uh, situations and other people probably have had sexual misconduct on two of them. But please. Please, please, please don't think I was trying to be a hard butt or anything of that nature. I just want you to understand that I need you guys to say something like much more faster than anything. And I need you guys to blow it up on social media because we have social media now. There is no way, and I mean no way, somebody isn't going to at least look into that and at least going to go in and dig deeper to see if somebody has been a nasty person before they did it to you or even after they did it to you. So please, for love of God, Say something. Don't hide it off. Please, for the love of God. Now, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you didn't, I'm sorry. I truly am sorry. But you can tell me on my social media links if you did like it. It's on Twitter, at My2Podcast. On Instagram, My2CentsPodcastG2. And on my email, it's My2CentsPod at Yahoo.com. But remember, it's not T-W-O or T-O-O. It's the actual number two when you insert that into all these uh, social media links and all these social media uh, handles. And again, please, for the love of God, if you didn't like it, please let me know. If you like it, let me know. Just give me a tweet or give me some type of email. And also, on you can find all my episodes on Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts has this thing where you can rate my show with one star, two star, three star, four star, or five star. You can give me any type of star ratings that you think I deserve. And also, when you do that, please write me a type of review to let me know how to get better at this thing called podcasting. Because this whole show is to try to give people an insight on the news or give an insight on things that I personally enjoy. And it's also just an escape for people just to listen to something either on their way to work or on their way to school. Now, especially in this day and age, since people got to go back to school. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Oh, yeah. Please wear a mask. Again, please wear a mask. Uh, don't be a douche to anybody that doesn't want to get the vaccine. And if you do get the vaccine, don't be a douche to people that don't want to get the vaccine. And if you didn't get the vaccine, don't be a douche to people that did get the vaccine. We all have our choices to make. We all got to live with them. But please wear the mask. That's at least one thing I can say that has been keeping me out of COVID-19's uh, crosshairs throughout this whole year and a half now since it's been a year and we're in the half of it we're in the eighth month of this year so about a year and eight months since this whole covid thing has happened so again wear a mask and i want to say i love you all i hope you guys did enjoy this episode and please please wear a mask i love you this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 and i have been g2 i will see you all next week i love you bye bye now i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept uh-huh.